The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about, I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. Sorry, my mouth is just a little bit dry this morning. The video on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day. Um, so if you want to catch that and you missed it yesterday, you can do so up until 3 p.m. today, at which time he's live. Right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. So good morning to you guys. Good to see you. And also, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live, if you scroll down the right side of the page, there's a place where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day. Uh, All the articles we have for SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the Morning Show Archive. So be sure to sign up for that. Uh, You'll get that right in your inbox. So be sure and do that. And by the way, just so everybody knows, if we got new viewers, especially on the viewing platforms, you go, why do you go through all this spiel again? Because it's a radio show. It's not, you know, it's not made just for video where somebody goes through, they do their thing, they edit it, they make it look all pretty and everything. You get the good, bad, and ugly here. You get the comic relief. You get our flaws and everything else <laughs> going on here uh, because it's live radio. We are on radio and we're on the video platforms and so uh, you guys who tune into the video this is why you get all this right the first we get all the formalities out of the way and then we move on to our topic now our website does have a store there's a button there or you can get to it directly at the sons of liberty.squarespace.com and uh, we are highlighting bradley's book all the profits are pointing to the front this is a second book out of three that he did this year uh, the first one was soldiers of the cross both books are ten dollars a piece you can get them in our store and then the Soldier of the Cross, we still have. <clears throat> we still have the bundle. You can get the book, the t-shirt, 
in your size and also dog tag your color black or silver uh, those begin at $34 they are in our store but this week we're highlighting the all the profits we're pointing the front again $10 and uh, Bradley calls one the heart I think that's this one all the profits are pointing the front uh, of the gospel and then the other is the armor uh, of the gospel so if you haven't had a chance to get those and I've only read the first one the first one was really good it was very basic it was very um Gosh, what do you want to say? It was very Bradley-esque. I mean, all the stuff that you hear him talk about on the radio, that's what came out in the book. I'm sure that that's probably some of what's going on in the other ones because when Bradley gets something, he kind of simplifies it down, uh, makes it pretty straightforward, simple, easy to understand, and that's what he holds on to. And, uh, and that's a good thing because those things will stick in your head. Uh, when he says them uh, enough times, they, they really will. So be sure and check that out. All the profits were pointing to the front $10 in our store. All right. Several things. I was just, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, Lord, over the weekend especially, there were just several little things that popped up, and I'm just like, man, you could do like a whole show on this. And I can only stay to 7 o'clock this morning. I'm going to be taking my son to work this morning, but... <clears throat> I was going to bring up a couple of these. I don't know if we'll be able to get all of them in here. I'm going to start backwards here. I'm going to start backwards with this because our title for the show today was A Dead Wuhan Scientist, The Kennedys, and a headline you just can't make up. This is the headline that you can't make up. I mean, really, think about where we're at. We're dealing with, um, from the best I can tell, we're dealing with illegals who are coming across the line. We're dealing with people who come across in a fashion that has been written and practiced some way to where if they just get on American soil, which if you were listening to Dr. Lee the other day, you'll realize that American soil starts 20 yards before you get to a border fence. So if they reach American soil, by law, they can request asylum, and that's what they're doing. So they're following what's been set up. Many of these people are following what's been set up, and then they're being put into these, soci- the, these things for asylum hearings, and everybody knows they're not going to get it because they're not running from anything. And they're not in war-torn uh, areas. They may be facing you know, Mexican cartels and things of that nature, but uh, overall, the people coming across look like they're pretty clean, well taken care of, and everything else. So they're probably not going to get their asylum, but there's so many of them, it's going to take years to go through all of that. Here's, here's, the, here's the headline. Uh, because on top of that, what are we hearing? The Israel-Palestinian thing, uh, we're, we're being inundated with the LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ stuff. That includes the trans-delusionals. Okay? Here, here's the thing. You guys heard about the shooting out there at... Uh, uh, your better, your best life now, false teacher Joel Osteen's church, right? You heard about that? And and by the way, great job for the guys who put this guy down. All right, but here's the headline: You can't make it up. Lakewood church shooter is a trans delusional immigrant with free Palestine written on his rifle. I mean, you can't make up a headline like that. And the times that we're living in. I want to know who the Hollywood B-movie writer was that came up with putting this out. Because that's what it reads like in the days that we're in. Um, this is uh, Sarah Gonzalez. I don't know who she is, but this was the tweeter. This was the twit, uh, tweet, 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 whatever. 
that comes up. The twit. That's what a lot of this stuff ends up being. Um, Lakewood church shooter identified as a transgender. No, he's not identified as that. He's a mentally unstable man that God has turned over to his own lusts. Romans 1, 18 and following. Read it. That's what this is. He's identified as a transgender legal name, Genese, I, I hope I said that correctly, Moreno, but went by the name Jeffrey. <laughs> Sarah goes on to call him a her. Now, again, going along with the narrative, and I, I'm, I'm saying cut, it out, cut that out. Quit doing that. This is a guy. It's clearly a guy. Okay? Um, has his uh, rap sheet there, his mugshot, um, all his aliases. And then she came across previous mugshots show her. See how she does that? Sarah does this. Show her, this guy. It's a man. Looking much more feminine. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Looks kind of spooky to me. And then you've got more of the rap sheet. Uh, so this wasn't this guy's first run-in with the law. Uh, and he came in with a little boy. That's the weird part here. He came in with a little boy. Let's take a couple of these um, these reports. This is from the Gateway Pundit. It says, authorities have identified the shooter as Guinness Yvonne Moreno, 36-year-old trans-delusional immigrant from El Salvador, according to multiple independent sources speaking to KHOU, 11, Jeremy Rogalski. Moreno, who has a criminal history stretching back to 2005, is, was previously known as Jeffrey Escalante, based on records from the Texas Department of Public Safety. His past arrests paint a troubling picture, encompassing a range of offenses, including failure to stop and give information, assault a public uh, servant, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, possession of marijuana, uh, excuse me, that's not the same thing. Forgery, possession of marijuana, theft, evading arrest, and unlawful carrying of a weapon. So he, he's, not had a, he's not had a good track record. Um, we're also told by the New York Post that he entered Osteen's Lakewood Church just before 2 p.m. with a boy believed to be about four or five years old and opened fire into the church. I mean, with as big as that church is, you would have thought he would have hit somebody in there. But, yeah. Two off-duty officers working security at the church, a Houston cop and an agent with the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission, returned fire fatally, shot the man. It's not a woman. It's a man. Houston Police Chief Troy Fenner said Sunday. The boy was also shot, has been hospitalized in critical condition. It's unclear who shot the boy, what his relationship was with, the, uh, with Moreno. Uh, there was also a civilian who was shot in the leg. Uh, but again, this is um, this is coming from the, your best life now. I mean, come on, Joel. Look, and I'm telling you what, these people that have followed Joel Osteen and others like him, you say this is just terrible. It is terrible. But Joel ain't telling you the truth about man. That's the problem. He's not telling you the truth about man, and he's definitely not telling you the truth about God. And if you're going to play that game, God's watching it. Oh, he's going to get your attention about it. He's going to get your attention about it. 
And maybe for some people in that church, God's got their attention. I, I pray that he has. Maybe this incident has brought that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I also came across this. Now, this is a couple of months old. Actually, it's more than a couple of months. But how many of you guys heard about this? I mean, again, I don't have my nose to the ground listening for every little thing that comes out of, of the media or anything like that. But I did find this interesting. Um, in my conversation with Dr. Lee Merritt last week, she sent me a list of things that she keeps. I, there's one thing I see in there where I think there's a problem uh, in the list, but uh, the other things I'm just kind of going down, I'm checking them over, seeing what she's talking about. And this is one from, this goes back to June of last year. Okay, This goes back to June of last year. There was a Chinese scientist who was allegedly thrown to his death off of, off of a, a building. Um, and I want to say, yeah, he, he fell from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He fell from the top of the building, this guy. Okay? Um, and they asked, did he have proof of a Wuhan lab leak? This, I, you know what? I don't buy for one minute this is a Wuhan, a Wuhan lab leak. The, the convids, I don't buy for one minute it is. We went through all the scenarios, looked at all the different things. I, I really do think uh, Brian Artis probably has a pretty good handle on what all was going on. And it wasn't by China, it was by Americans. Let me change that. It was by men posing as Americans who are traitors to this country. You would know their names if I told you. And no, I'm not necessarily just talking about Dr. Fauci. I'm talking about their, their face guys in the White House, both of them. I'm talking about other people who were inside who knew too. They knew too and they didn't stop it. They all knew it. And they didn't stop it. The FDA certainly knew it. And they didn't stop it. But here's this guy. His name is, uh, in case you hadn't heard this, Zhu Yusin. And you go, Tim, well, you're a little late to the party on this one. Yeah, I know. I, I can't know everything. And I can't cover everything, okay? So, cut me a little slack on that. This is from the Daily Mail. This is what it says. Um, a Chinese military scientist who was reportedly thrown to his death from the roof of a Wuhan Institute is at the center of mounting evidence that the COVID pandemic... By the way, I, I do apologize, guys. I don't... I hate going over the Daily Mail because all the crud they have, like... Kanye West, I thought he was supposed to be a Christian. I mean, he's, now he's remarried another woman. Uh, he didn't get a, a biblical divorce. Now he's married another woman. She runs around half naked. Sorry about that. I, I can't help it. It's just that's the way the Daily Mail is. By the way, they, I was pulling this story up, and they had one of the, the, the uh, Donald Trump's, I guess, future daughter-in-law, Kimberly Guilfoyle. I mean, she's at this public event in this sheer dress showing off her breasts. I mean, at a public event, this, there's no difference between these people. Don't think there is. Don't think there is. The other ones just try to justify their wickedness a little more. Okay. Chinese military scientist who was reportedly thrown to his death from the roof of the Wuhan Institute is at the center of mounting evidence that the COVID pandemic resulted from a lab rate. It's not, it wasn't a pandemic. It was planned. All of it was planned. Intelligence obtained by members of the U.S. Senate reveals that Zhu Yusin filed a patent for a COVID-19 vaccine on February the 24th, 2020. 
barely a month after China put Wuhan into lock- lockdown because of the alleged outbreak there. U.S. vaccine developers told investigators that it would have been impossible to have generated the data cited in the patent so swiftly. It would have taken about three months' work, meaning that scientists at the Wuhan Institute for Virology were secretly working on the COVID vaccine in November, two months before Beijing told the world about the pandemic. All right, so again, it's pushing that narrative. Um... By the way, Suzanne Hamner had came out and pointed out that first they poo-pooed this. Do you remember that? Um, all of the media was poo-pooing it. So were the politicians. They were saying, no, 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 this was not a lab leak out of, out of China. We had the, the receipts from where Fauci was paying for gain of function. We, we know all that went on. I'm not denying any of that. But then the, the jump is, well, because that was going on, then we know they made this stuff and they leaked it out. I mean, that's the, con- that's the conclusion that you jump to. And you've got to know this was going on in certain places. Again, we, we had Dr. Artis on, and, and he talked about people who drank the city water or the water you know, from the waste treatment plants and stuff like that, whether it was in the county or wherever. If they were drinking that, they were more susceptible to the convids than people who were on well water. And why was that? Well, the theory is, is they were putting the, these venom lipids in the water when they're treating the water. And only one company, from our understanding, treats all the water, provides all the water treatment for all of the water treatment plants in the United States, and they're out of Germany. And they have a proprietary additive that they put in that you or I don't know, and nobody can apparently force them to tell us what they're putting in our water. I think we're entitled to that. We're entitled to know what they put in the water. But half the time, we don't ask. And there were some people who got it uh, who were unwell water, and obviously we would assume that the majority of them either you know, went shopping or whatever in the city, probably drank some water there on a fountain or whatever, or they work in the city and they probably had something that was made out of the water from the city there. And that, may, that would make sense. Then you hit the 5G. We already have the studies on that of how it deals with these lipids, how it deals with yeast, how it deals with bacteria, all kinds of things of that nature, and how it causes it to grow exponentially. But this is just to push this narrative. I think it's just to push the narrative, and the guy may have known something. Seems kind of, again, seems like this, uh, this headline that we had from uh, Lake, you know, the church out there with Joe Osteen. It just... That seems like when you start looking at all the other factors that are here and you read something like this, you go, okay, now they're on board with pushing the Wuhan thing. Now they're on board with that. It it makes you, I got to tell you, it makes you wonder what's going on there. That they set up one to put it down and then they're going to stick this in its place. They're going to stick this in. They're still calling it a virus. They're still doing that. That's what they're referencing. And yeah, I understand virus uh, at, its, at its base level is a poison, it's a venom. I get it. I get it. So in essence, they can swap out words, but the, but the fact of the matter is virus, as we've been taught it to be, is not. That's not what is going on here. 
So anyway, this guy's dead. He worked for the People's Liberation Army. He was collaborating with Wuhan scientists at the time of the outbreak. He died in mysterious circumstances in May of 2020, aged 54. U.S. investigators are said to have told, been told that he fell from the roof of the Institute. <laughs> oh, it's just not been confirmed. Well, there you are. There you are. Fell from the roof just has not been confirmed. Now, isn't this exactly the kind of stuff that we see that tends to go on all the... I mean, look, we talked about Jeffrey Epstein the other day. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw that little video. Uh, We put out something on Sons of Liberty, kind of took off uh, quite a bit, um, where Jeffrey Epstein was seen in video just days, week, a couple of weeks after his alleged suicide. He was seen in drone video on his island, sitting there talking with another guy on their little golf carts or whatever those things were that they're riding around the, the island in. He's seen there. Looks up right at the drone. It's him. No question about it. By the way, if you want to call in, you got a comment or question, please stick to the topic. 803-619- 9855-803-619-9855. Again, please stick to the topic. If you want to call in, though, we'll take your call. Um, this is the other one here. And it's a little bit lengthy. I'm going to try to hit a few of the highlights because it is lengthy here. But uh, we had this out yesterday. And I found this very interesting. Again, you know, we've talked about uh, a little bit about Roman Catholicism. I don't know what the guy was talking about yesterday. He left a a, um, a comment <laughs> on the video. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what he left. Um, but he was writing about what I said about Putin and the church yesterday. And uh, if you recall, one of the things I did say about Putin, you know, whether you know, no matter what the deal what is there. One of the things I did say about Putin was, at least at one time, he was listening to the Russian Orthodox Church, right? He was listening to them to be guided in the morality that he was going to uphold. And this guy comes in and he goes, Greek Orthodox, not Roman Catholic. Jeez, how dare you judge? You're not the creator God. <laughs> I. Maybe I need to have Q-tips. I can give out free Q-tips to clean your ears out if you need that. I mean, I really can. I I don't understand these people. I said Russian Orthodox. Greek Orthodox? Why would you mention that? Uh, Roman Catholic? I I don't. It's uh, Anyway. In any case, (laughs) we did make mention of that yesterday. And uh, we made mention of the stuff about Putin and allowed uh, our friend Alex Newman to do that by way of video to remind people about Putin. Because, look, I know you can't really trust your own government. And I do tend to think that our enemies will point out the truth about stuff that we are doing. They'll use that against us. Even when it's, you know, if it's, if it's really bad... They're happy to use it, really happy. And that's what they're doing. That's what they've been doing. That doesn't make them the good guys, and you got to keep that in mind. Okay? you got to keep that in mind. 
just because there may be something said or even done doesn't make the guy the good guy. You got to look at the whole bushel of fruit. I mean, because this guy may be playing it, may be playing a part on you. And I've said that. I've said that about Putin. There are a lot of things that he said. I thought they were right on. They were good. Uh, I think in this interview with Tucker Carlson, he's made mention that he's pointing out, hey, yep, U.S. is killed. You know, they're responsible for that Nord Stream explosion, blowing up that that pipeline. I agree with him. I don't disagree with him. I, I agree with the guy wanting to, you know, do whatever he's doing there, Ukraine, because he feels like they're threatening his country. If that's all that's going on, I'm not so sure that's all that's going on. Some people have said they're in Ukraine to kill Ukrainian Christians. That's what some people have said. They're there to kill Ukrainian Christians. I don't know. I'm not there. But in this piece here, it's by Daniel Greenfield. I just wrote a little introduction there uh, for it, but he wrote how the Kennedy family, yeah, the Kennedys, uh, Camelot and all, caused today's immigration crisis and brought Obama's father to America. Did you guys know about that? Yeah. Again, all of this flies in the face of uh, you know, whatever we're talking about, all of it flies in the face of what our foundations are. And I know China's aren't the same. I get it. Um, but even what's going on there, that appears to be a cover-up, does it not? This guy just falls off the top of the, the Institute of Virology there. He just falls, he's just up there. What's he doing up on top of the building? <laughs> the scientists. I thought they were supposed to work inside the building, right? Have those big old suits on, Right? Looks like they were part of NASA back in whenever, the 60s. Same kind of stuff. Same kind of stuff. So here's what Daniel writes regarding this one. I, I just, again, I find some of this just fascinating, some of the history that we either know or don't and forgot or don't know. Okay. So here's, I'm going to read you some of this because I think it's that important of a message. Because when you start seeing, see, some people think this only started with Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka the great usurper-in-chief. Some people think it started with him. It didn't. We were already on this road. We've been on this road for a long time. It's just the further we go along, the more mankedness begins to show itself because it goes unchecked, whether it is the production of lawless money, the Federal Reserve, whether it is the lustful spending that we've been sending, uh, seeing, that's unconstitutional, that's not authorized by the people, the thefts, the indoctrination that's being funded with that lawless money, the unconstitutional wars. What, it's been going on for, for more than 100 years here in this country. And if you want to really see the foundations, you've got to go back a little further, 170 years. Start there with the War of Northern Aggression and start seeing what was going on and see that Lincoln didn't free a single slave. He made everybody a slave to the federal government. If you're going to submit yourself to it, he made you a slave. And yet the slave still prays Lincoln. Oh, he's the greatest president. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was a tyrant. So here's what Daniel Greenfield writes with regard to this, this issue of the Kennedys. Uh, Obama's daddy and our current immigration crisis. Here's what he says. 
When LBJ signed the 16, uh, 1965 Immigration and Nationality Act into law, JFK had been dead for two years, but it, more than the Cuban Missile Crisis or the race to the moon, was his real legacy, which still impacts us today when there are no more Americans on the moon or nukes in Cuba. There, there weren't Americans on the moon in the first place. I really do believe they were in a propaganda war. And I think Russia was doing the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. That, you know, this is what I think about what I see from all of that. At the signing, LBJ paid tribute to the vision of the late beloved President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Little did the 36th president know that the 44th president, born to a radical Kenyan student, was already growing up in this country due to JFK's personal intervention during the 19 during his 1960 presidential campaign now let me just say this many people were concerned at the time that jfk ran and why were they concerned about it because he was roman catholic what's wrong with roman catholicism tim well if you know the history there if you don't know why the reformers were so vital and important during the 151600s if you don't understand that, you don't understand the tyranny that was imposed by an apostate church, the Roman Catholic Church. And they are apostate. If you're a part of that church, come out of it. If you're holding to the dogma that Rome teaches, come out of that. Repent. Leave it behind. Follow the Christ. They were a false church. Okay? And so people believe that if you've got a Roman Catholic in the office, and I I see it. This is why I warn about Ron DeSantis. I warn about Joe Biden or any of these other uh, Roman Catholics who sit on the Supreme Court, who are filling the seats of our Congress. That used to not be the case. The Protestants a long time ago came and established the country in its early beginnings and the colonies. But those guys didn't put up with a lot of that. It was illegal. But they were a Roman Catholic religion. And that's why there was concern that you would get a guy who comes in and his allegiance is to the Pope. It's to a foreign king. I mean, the Pope is the king of Vatican City. They send out their own ambassadors. They receive ambassadors. They are a government and a city together. And so people were concerned that this guy would get in there. Now you can see why. Matter of fact, you can see with what went on with his own, um, you know, private life that he was an adulterer. Well, what does that open up things for? Despite good things that he said, there were some great things he said about splintering the CIA, stopping the Vietnam War. All of this kind of stuff was good. Okay. But there's always a chink in the armor there, and that seemed to be it. In any case, here's what Daniel goes on to write. This bill that we will sign today is not a revolutionary bill, President Johnson argued. It does not affect the lives of millions. It will not reshape the structure of our daily lives. Yet it is still one of the most important acts of this Congress and of this administration. And only the last was true. But again... JFK's personal intervention made sure that uh, Obama grew up in the U.S. of A. How many of you guys knew that? No, I didn't know it either. It affected not only millions, but tens of millions, and it reshaped our lives and our country. At the signing ceremony, LBJ was flanked by the newly minted Senator Ted Kennedy, 
we call him the swimmer, and grinning RFK to cement the bill, which ended national quotas for immigrants as the Kennedy legacy. The bill would be described as Senator Ted Kennedy's first legacy vi- or legislative victory, which helped change the face of the country and fashion the modern-day immigration system. We were told by Ted Kennedy this bill will not flood our cities with immigrants. It will not upset the ethnic mix of our society. It will not relate the standards of admission. You know when a Kennedy's telling you that, he's everything he says is life. Yeah. It's not true. It will not cause American workers to lose their jobs. I mean, who is this guy kidding? This is the swimmer who said this, okay? All these promises proved to be false. The 1965 bill was a sequel to a battle that Senator John F. Kennedy had narrowly lost to Senator Richard Nixon over the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952. President Truman had vetoed the 1952 bill because it imposed national restrictions on immigration, favoring Western European immigrants and drastically limiting immigration from the rest of the world. Kennedy had upheld Truman's veto, but Nixon broke the tie and the 1952 bill became law. So you can see a little bit in history here. I mean, how many of you were familiar with any of this stuff? And, and he's got quite a bit of information here uh, on this. I wanted to, to move down just a little bit further um, and see if we could bring in this issue with regard to, um, yep, this is it. Let's see. Uh, One of the more significant moments in the 1960 campaign took place at the Hyannis Inn Motel, just down the road from what is now the JFK Museum, when Kennedy met with a number of Ukrainian and Eastern European Democratic Party activists organized by Michigan Governor Gerhard Soapy Williams. (laughs) Soapy. How do you like that? who headed the Democratic National Committee's Nationalities Division to organize the support of different national groups, the term commonly used then to refer to immigrants from outside Western Europe to rally support to, for the Democrats. As President Kennedy, the Secretary for African Affairs, Soapy would play a key role in pulling away U.S. support from Rhodesia and South Africa while championing Africa for Africans. You can't make up a slogan like that, can you? Africa. And boy, somebody was a genius with that one. At this end, uh, Kennedy promised an end to national quotas and almost as importantly for due process, right of appeal, and statutes of limitations to be extended to non-citizens. Now, what did we talk about the other day um, when we had Dr. Merritt on? What does the scripture say? The scripture talks about us treating the foreigner just like the native. Okay. Now, we have a process by which people come into the country, even if they're going to be foreigners and they're just going to, they're going to live here. They're not going to become citizens. We have provision for that. We do. It's in our Constitution. They can be a resident and decide not to be a, a, uh, a citizen, and it's perfectly legit for them to be here, okay, if they come in that way. What we have is people trying to come in, trying to undermine the system, trying to find all the loopholes, trying to jump through everything, and come into the country now and sort of overwhelm the the system itself. Now, why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that for a number of reasons. Some of them actually come with their own money and their own ability, and they come with groups of other men, and they work together, and they live together and stuff, and they send their money back. And I've seen that. I've seen a lot of that 
in the years I was in construction. But then there's other people who come in and they're they're lured in with goodies. Our, you know, some of the administrations that have been in D.C., I know it happened under the Obama administration, they were putting out EBT cards, and they were advertising in Mexico and uh, Guatemala and Honduras, other South American and Central American countries. They were advertising. You could, you know, if people came to the U.S. and they come in this way, then there's all these things to take care of them. You know, used to when you came to the U.S., when you look at early immigration, a person either came on their own means, by their own means, they, had, they, they saved the money, they got all their stuff, and they came themselves. They came as an apprentice to somebody who is going to, to teach them a trade. Maybe it was law, maybe it was carpentry, whatever it was. That person would probably give them room and board, make sure they were fed, and then they would work with that person, being an apprentice, and learn how to do what they did, and then eventually start their own business venture in that. And basically, the guy was getting work for room and board. I mean, that, I mean, for uh, for for his board and for his food. That the guy who was uh, who brought the guy over to to train him. The only money he was sharing uh, shelling out was for the guy's food, basically. And, of course, he would provide a place for the guy to sleep, maybe wash up or whatever. And that was it. But he was getting, you know, full day's work and hanging this guy so he could do what he did. That was another means. The other one was somebody pay your way uh, to come over, and then, as a result, you do work for them to pay that back. In all of those cases, government was not involved financially at all. They just weren't involved financially. And that system seemed to work just fine, no matter where the people were coming from, whether they're coming from Europe or whether they're coming from Central or South, South America. That seemed to work fine. Now we're taking the people's money and we're using them as goodies to get those people in here. And I think they're doing it now at such a big pace because the desire is to kill off the natives or a large majority of the natives. I think this is why we saw the Deagle report going down to 99 million by next year. Next year. I think I looked, we were at about 339 million or something like that people. That was the guesstimate for 2023 from 2021 where it was like 231 million, I forget the exact numbers. It's, it's a lot of people, okay? But Deagle's saying they were projecting for several years that number's going to drop to 99 million. When I seen the rollout of the shots, when I see the news of all these people dying, and it doesn't matter if they're dying of cancers. We know these things are dealing with certain receptors in the body that allow these cancers to go off. You can see all of this coming to pass and you have to ask the question how did they know to project such a devastating blow not just to the u.s the u.s had the largest loss the next thing down i think was the united kingdom it was all western countries that were really losing a lot of people russia and china basically stayed the same surprise and so were some of the other countries as well Back into this. 
Kennedy promised to end a national uh, end to national quotas and almost as importantly for due process, right of appeal, statute of limitation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he would describe immigration as a very central part of President Kennedy's administration. President Kennedy elected in 1960. One of the first pieces he introduced in the Congress of the United States was reform of our immigration laws. I remember being on the Judiciary Committee after being elected in 1962. This is what uh, the swimmer is saying. And my brother, Bob, coming up and testifying for the immigration reform program. It's pretty interesting. So he was in here. Now, this isn't largely talked about, is it? I mean, this is not largely talked about. So let's get down here to what they were doing and how Obama got in this. Because, again, this is pretty fascinating. You know, our actions have consequences, don't they? Our actions have consequences. When we do something, we don't know how far down the line. We may think, well, it's just a short-term thing. Our actions have sometimes very long-standing consequences to what goes on. And no doubt, this is what went on here with Kennedy. In 1952, the Immigration and Nationality Act for all that it was denounced as racist and exclusionary, had actually increased immigration from Asia and had begun, begun putting into place the student visa system that political elites wanted, which dramatically transformed America. While JFK had signed the Mutual Educational and Cultural Exchange Act into law, to increase the number of foreign students in 1961, Barack Obama Sr. and Shyamala Gopalan, the mother of Kamala Harris, had both, look at the implications here, had both moved to America in 1959 using the student visas that the McCarran-Walter Act had brought into being to subsidize American universities with a flood of foreign students. When Donald H. Harris, Kamala's father, by the way, she's not eligible to be president either. She's not a natural-born citizen. Go look it up. Her parents weren't citizens either. Oh, but, but Tim, I read the, the Von Juan Ark, whatever that guy's name was. The Von Ark, Juan Ark. They, they told us who it the, the the founding fathers didn't define a natural born citizen. <laughs> Supreme Court defined it. Oh yeah, right. Just a little just a little side note here. Benjamin Franklin told us they had three copies that were given of Vattel's Law of Nations when they met in the Constitutional Convention. They had three copies of it. That book is the only book that I know of at the time. Maybe somebody else has one. That's the only book that, at the time, it defined what a natural-born subject was. And he also wrote about what a natural-born citizen was. And a natural-born citizen, as our founders would have understood it from Vattel, and they did have it, Ben Franklin confirms they had it in their meetings, they would have understood what a natural-born citizen was. It was a person who was born to two parents of the same nationality. And it really didn't matter too much where the child was born as long as it was born to them two parents. Why? Because the citizen owed his allegiance to whatever he was a citizen for him. 
And if he had a wife, guess what? She was also that. Why? Because it was understood that man is the head of the family. He's going to lead his family. This, this anchor baby stuff about having babies on American soil just makes them American is just the goofiest thing you can come up with. This is how we get people like Marco Rubio, by the way. He's an anchor baby. And we get all mixed up with people like Ted Cruz, who's born in another country. The only way he, can, uh, he could be a citizen is through an act of Congress. And that's if the man even, if his parents even filled out the paperwork when he came back across the border from Canada after he was born there. We did this with Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. He's clearly not a natural-born citizen. I don't know where he's born. I have my suspicions. I have my suspicions about who his daddy is. But the fact of the matter is he's not a natural-born citizen, even by what he claims he's not. Just because his mama is that doesn't make him one. I don't care who says otherwise. You can go back and read the tale for yourself and you can see exactly what he says. And the framers of the Constitution knew exactly what it was. They knew exactly what a natural born citizen was. Maybe we need to do another show on that. Now we've got uh, Vivek running and I have questions about him and we've got somebody else running. I mean, you, you really have foreigners who are running for the office of president. People who are not eligible. So, in any case, back to this. <clears throat> so, they come in here. Okay. When Donald J. Harris, Kamala Harris's father, arrived in 1963, it was likely as part of the growing number of foreign students benefiting from the Mutual Educational and Cultural Exchange Act. But when Saeed, uh, Q-U-T-B, I, I, don't, I don't know how you say that. The Muslim Brotherhood leader and godfather of Islamic terrorism fled Egypt to study in Colorado in 1949. How do you like that? This is, this is from the Kennedys. This is what the Kennedys did. And came away loathing everything about America, calling for war against it. He was able to do it because of the lobbying by the Institute of International Education, headed by key university and foreign policy leaders, which used their elite access to vastly increase the number of foreign students coming to America. But the obvious question is, why do we want to bring foreign students into our country? I, I don't, I, I'm a little bit lost at that. Did the, is there not schools all over the world that they can go to? I, mean, I just kind of ask it. Um, yeah, all this is going on, and the point is, is they were doing this back here in the 60s. They were doing it early on. And I know for some people, this kind of tears down their, their view of JFK or some of these guys, but I want you just to see, this has been going on a long time. This kind of stuff. Except now... It's gone on so long, the people doing it don't think a thing about it because it's been going on so long. They've been emboldened to do it. They've been emboldened to do it. Why? Because they will not hold to the law. They won't stay within the boundaries the people gave them. That's the law for them. Our Constitution is not for you and me. It's not for us. 
It's for them. It's to say, stay in your lane, guys. Here's the lane. Stay in your little corral. This is what you get to do something with. And the problem is, is that just like, how many of you guys have been into a store? Now, I don't see it much now, but I used to. You'll be in a store, and so some poor mother somewhere is just being embarrassed all over the place by her kid. He's throwing himself in the floor, pitching a tantrum. tantrum. Uh, you know, people are looking. She's trying to get him up out of there. She's afraid to spank his butt because Child Protective Services, you know, some, some little Karen somewhere will call Child Protective Services on her and all this. How many of you guys have seen that? Yeah. Well, you'll notice that if there's a kid who, that actually begins to do that, and he does get disciplined at home, and he is taught correctly and stuff, all he usually has to do is mom or dad has to give him that look. And he straightens up. Sometimes they might get a hot, have to get a hold of his backside, but most of the time they give him the look to let him know, you're going to get it when we get out of here. <laughs> you're going to get some corporal punishment when we get out of here. This is the problem that we have in this country is the children are pitching temper tantrums up in D.C. saying, we want to spend money on this, and we want to give it to Israel, and we want to give it to Ukraine, and we want to uh, you know, undermine all of the law, and we don't want to follow the rules that you people have set. We'll tell you that we're following them just to appease you, but we don't want to follow those rules. And it is the job of the American people to take them outside and get a hickory switch, and I'm speaking metaphorically, and spank their butts. That's what our task as people is to do. We're to go and discipline them. We're to correct them. They're our employees. And if they don't want to be corrected, we're to fire them and we're to prosecute them. Our Constitution provides for both of those. The firing is the impeachment process, the removal, and then the prosecution. Hold them accountable for their crimes. And because the people haven't done that, what do we do? We embolden the temper tantrum Adult adolescents who cannot simply keep their word, their oath of office. They can't do it. And if we don't bring them back in line, they're going to continue to, and it's just going to get worse, and it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. Until, what, like what we said, right out of Amos, because we, we push it away from us, we don't want to deal with it, we want to kick the can down the road, it's going to come to our front door. And we're seeing it now. We're seeing it with these parents. Um, I think Bradley sent me something yesterday. Uh, I could pull it up maybe real quick here. He sent me something yesterday, and we saw it with this couple. out. I think they were out of Montana. They're wanting to take their kid. They're wanting to put them through some kind of, quote-unquote, transition and all this stuff. Uh, they take them from the, from the parents' Reached out to that couple to see if we could get them on the show because I didn't know if we could do that or not. But this one is another one. This is It's coming to our front door. It really is. This is just another example. This is from Human Events. Stephen Davis, New York dad, loses custody of eight-year-old son after objecting to child's sex change. Thirty-two-year-old Dennis Hannon was engaged in a seven-year legal dispute with the Erie Supreme Court fighting to prevent his ex-wife from permitting his son to undergo a medical mutilation. It's not a sex change. It's not going to change his son through the use of puberty blockers. This is what they're doing. 
They're targeting the kids, just like we've warned they are doing. Parents, what are you doing to train your kids? Deuteronomy 6, are you putting the law of God, are you being diligent in that, teaching them that? Hiding the word in their hearts that they might not sin against God, that they might have faith in the God who gave the law and who sent His Son to save sinners who have violated that law. It's going to come to the front door. And if, they, if it's coming to people, okay, who, like the wife in this case, it's clear she's not a believer to allow something like this. Um, and I don't know about dad, but at least dad had the good sense to go and try to fight it and to say, no, this is wrong. What do you think it's going to happen when it happens to you or me? When it comes to our door? Pretty sure neither me nor my wife are going to allow something like this to go on with our kids. We're, we're just not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And I see no evidence that our kids are having any of these kind of mental issues anyway. But who is the state to say, no, we're going to put these poisons in your kid's body. And if they want to have a surgery to mutilate their body, we're going to be on their side because they have rights. Now, you guys know, I've already said it in my mind because I've had to deal with CPS, and I didn't know what was going on at first, and now I do. And um, they're going to, th these people, these judges and these CPS and all this, they're going to run across the wrong people. They're going to try to do this to the wrong people's kids, and they're going to wish they'd have never seen that kid. They're going to wish they'd never seen him. And you know what? I'm not going to condemn them. I'm not going to condemn them. There is too much of this kidnapping of kids under legalese to do all kinds of things to them, and it's wrong, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop. But these are the things that are going on. I just I thought I'd bring those out because... I see all of them happening all at once. They're all happening at once. And uh, so with that said, Bradley will be with you at 3. I'll have these up in the archive. You can catch it later. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then, Lord willing, we're going to see you back here in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you now.